The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. Francois Conradi, the lead political economist at Oxford Economics Africa, is our guest this evening for the Africa Business Report. We'll touch base with him today about a big story out of Kenya, and that is that there's been a massive blackout, and it all seems to have been as a result of an outage at a single pylon. Remember the guys... I'm assuming there were guys, the people, um, who have not yet been arrested, um, who cut pylons outside one of Funderbell Park's biggest substations and uh, was a power station. And they were deliberately trying to make these power cables fall onto each other to cause maximum disruption. Now, I'm not too sure what's caused Kenya's blackout today, but let's see if Francois Conradi can enlighten us. He is lead political economist at Oxford uh, Economics Africa. Leon, tell me as much as you know, please, about the big power outage in Kenya today. Uh, hi there, Bruce. Um, so Kenya Power says it was due to a collapsing pylon also. Um, they explain that a, a, a pylon collapsed on the line between uh, big hydroelectric plants and Nairobi which brought down the power grid for the entire country. But a lot of people are a bit skeptical about that explanation, about the, about how it could be possible for Kenya power to have a grid that, that can be brought down nationally by a single fault on, a, on one line. Um, so a lot of people are wondering whether this isn't a pushback by the people in the, the electricity generation business uh, against, uh, the cuts to power prices by the president. So President Uhuru Kenyatta announced in December that he was going to cut electricity prices by 30%. Last week, the, the first cut of 15% was implemented, and the government promised to cut by another 15% by the end of March. Uh, so a lot of people are wondering whether this mightn't have something to do with it, that, that there's some sort of uh, funny business going on. That would be concerning. Um, do we know whether the power has been restored yet or not, Francois? I mean, uh, is this so a long-term problem for Kenya? As far as I can tell, you know, so I've, I've been trying to to work out. But some people definitely didn't have power um, uh, like an hour and a half ago. Uh, Kenya Power was saying at 2 o'clock that they'd restored power across the country, which, which wasn't true. Um, so um, I think there are still spots without power, but I'm, I'm not very sure. And then Nigeria, uh, Purchasing Managers Index in Nigeria, looking quite positive. That's right, yes. So, so the December Purchasing Manager Index turnout for Nigeria was the highest in two years. Um, you know, the, the purchasing managers are all talking about um, new demand um, and, and a resumption of economic activity. They had a very decent year in 2021. And we're looking forward to a better year in 2022. Um, as um, you know, and, and it's not just oil-driven; it's it's the the real economy is actually doing well. Um, from the point of view of someone sitting in South Africa or elsewhere in the world looking at Nigeria, the, the problem still persists. Of you know that it's difficult to get hard currency out of the country. It's difficult to change your nairas into dollars. Uh, which is a macroeconomic problem. You know, uh, 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 the reason for that is that, um, you know, the current account deficit in recent years has is, is just meant that there aren't um, enough uh, dollars coming into the country to for transactions to clear. Um, but all of that is due to improve substantially 
soon when the Dangote refinery starts production. So that's supposed to happen in Q1. Um, it's always been very weird that Nigeria refines, um, doesn't refine. You know, it exports crude and, and has to import um, its fuel refined. Um, and this is about to change with uh, when this 650,000 barrel a day refinery comes online. Um, and then that obviously by by limiting imports and um, by limiting imports is going to improve the current account and hopefully uh, liquidity in the banking system. Uh, I knew it was coming. I didn't realize it was coming so soon, which is uh, really good news for for Nigeria. Um, that does, you know, that has had that weird scenario uh, for decades now. What about the sanctions against Mali? These were imposed by ECOWAS on Sunday. What sort of dynamics are playing out in that part of Africa as a result of the sanctions? Yeah, so so the, the Mali had a coup in August of last year, and then another coup in May. And after the May coup, the Colonel Goita, um, who was the same man who pulled off the, the original coup um, in, in August, sorry, not last year, I'm not talking about 2020 now, um, said that he was going to respect the promise he'd made to ECOWAS that elections were going to be held in February. Uh, but towards the end of last year, that started it started becoming clear that, that this was impossible. And then suddenly they started talking about a five-year transition, and the, the ECOWAS leaders um, had started looking ineffectual and, and were conscious of that. Um, and so they, they're now choosing to make an example of Mali. So on Sunday they met, uh, all the heads of states of ECOWAS met in Ghana and decided to um, suspend all trade with Mali and freeze its government bank account with the regional central bank. Because you know the, all the countries in the West African uh, Economic and Monetary Union have a a common central bank, and it's possible for them to freeze the accounts of a government, which is what they did um, in Cote d'Ivoire as well in 2010 when um, when there was an electoral dispute between Laurent Gbagbo and Alassane Ouattara. So now um, this is going to cause serious stress in Mali because the government is probably not going to be able to pay salaries at the end of this month. And, um, and and the trade, obviously, that's also a big thing. So Mali is a landlocked country, depends on Senegal for most of its Imports and exports. Um, the, the government there tried to downplay the seriousness of what's happening by saying that they were going to ship through Mauritania, but the, the links aren't as as well established as they are through Senegal. So this is going to have an effect on Mali safety, but it is also going to hurt Senegal. The ECOWAS leaders are calculating that the junta is going to. Um, you know, come up with a plan soon because of this pressure. But the Russians are in the wings. They've already sent some military advisors to Mali. And there's now a thing playing out where ECOWAS is extremely unpopular. The Russians are there. And it looks as though Mali might, the government is going to continue pivoting towards, away from ECOWAS and the West and towards Russia. Um, so it's, it's definitely worth watching. Mali isn't a country that we talk about a lot. But in terms of, you know, uh, uh, I want to say a weather vane for what's happening in French-speaking West Africa, definitely we should keep an eye on Mali and Burkina Faso, where uh, there's a similar sort of dynamic where the, the government is unpopular and um, the Russians are taking full advantage of this. Astonishing. Thank you very much, Francois Conradi, who's the lead political economist at Oxford Economics Africa.